the wrong side of the red line, Dallas Stars Podcast. Here is your host, Sean Shapiro. Well, take two on the intro, since the uh, first time my dogs decided to bark and someone decided to ring the doorbell and make a delivery at the exact time we tried to record the intro. So, uh, Ryan, how's your day going? Um, I don't know that I really have an answer to that question yet, because my mornings are wake up, class, go to the gym, repeat. So it's kind of ambivalent, I would say, because I do the same thing and I don't really think too much about my mornings. Are, you know, my days in general are just very robotic. I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think I'm living enough. How's your day going, Sean? It's going okay. It's uh, going better than yours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that it's been bad. It's just I haven't done anything that requires thought, I guess. Yeah, well, my day's gone a little better, I guess. Went over to the rink this morning, watched practice, got uh, got Yuri Hoodler to... Got Yuri Hoodler to give us no more information about his illness. Um, nice. And uh, also discussed uh, elite hockey players with Curtis McKenzie. So I guess it was a good morning. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. For if everyone, so the uh, you take a look back, it was a game Stars fans won't want to remember that 6 2 loss to Pittsburgh the other day, but. Remember that that Crosby goal, which is absolutely ridiculous. The uh, behind the back, behind the sorry, behind the net, batted out in midair, then banks it off uh, Niemi's back into that. That was an absolutely ridiculous goal scored by uh, Crosby the other night, and uh, there was quite the internet reaction to it. And uh, NHL players had a similar reaction to how incredible that play was, and I think that kind of tells you how good of a player he actually is if you're ever trying to take anything away from what a talent Crosby is I don't know that there's anyone who would do that I feel like there's a lot of people who complain about Sidney Crosby for various reasons but I don't know that any of them are actually talent wise but yeah. that was yeah that he just he's like McDavid I mean I guess you should say McDavid is like Crosby since Crosby came first but these they just do things with the puck that you didn't think were physically possible and each time you, it's just, it's so difficult to get used to something like that. Well, it's, you take a look at that game against Pittsburgh the other night. There was a pair of goals in that, there was a couple goals in the past two games for Dallas where you look at, you look at the, uh, you, that those are elite level goals that there's only even a small selection of NHL players that can do that. I think of Crosby's goal, um, Crosby's goal, obviously, that I just mentioned, and then you take a look at Tyler Sagan's uh, goal the other night um, in the three nothing win, where there's not many players in the world who, frankly, can get that much off on a shot in that quick of a moment mm-hmm. uh, against uh, the goal against the one timer against Colorado. The, the, the power play goal against Pittsburgh was impressive too, obviously, with the uh, with such an extreme angle that he scored on, even though Dallas lost the game, but. The uh, one time against Colorado where it looked like uh, Varlamov didn't even want a piece of it when it kind of w- well, went over yeah, his shoulder. he didn't want a piece of it. He shoots so hard, he... Eric Johnson's leg. Yeah. It's a hell of a That's, shot. Yeah. I mean, granted, the fibula is the smaller of the two bones, but still, if you shoot hard enough that you can saw through a bone, that's pretty impressive. 
It, it, it is pretty impressive. Um, speaking of injuries, um, on the Dallas front, we had uh, the Stars are now. They only have five guys on the and they only have five guys on injured reserve right now, which is actually pretty good for this team. Um, obviously, to say. obviously, there's Hemsky and uh, and Yanmark who are pro- probably done for the season. If they come back, that's that would be uh, quite a surprise if they come back this season. But we have Patrick Sharp is once again dealing with concussion issues. He's seen a doctor again. Johnny Oduya has been out for a week. Um, and we spoke about what that created last week at length when we talked about the uh, eight defensemen, and obviously we will have to uh, kind of give an update on that in a minute because there's obviously more things. We, we promised we'd update that. And then uh, Yuri Hoodler practiced today with the team uh, for the first time in a long time. He hasn't played since November 1st. He's only played four games this season. He's been battling a, a viral infection of some sort. Uh, the symptoms are finally gone. We don't really have a name of what virus it is. I asked Lindy Ruff this morning, and Ruff, and Ruff said, well, there's hundreds of different viruses, so we don't know which one it is. <laughs> That's never good. Yeah, but, I feel like that would have been a really good episode of House. Yuri Hoodler, the House episode? That would have been great. Like, like, I mean, granted, it's not sexy in the sense that I don't think Yuri Hoodler was dying at all, but that seems like just like the plot of a House episode where nobody knows what's going wrong, and then... House is sitting there and bouncing his tennis ball off the wall, and he just has some random epiphany about something his mother said to him when he was two years old, and he's like, "It's this." And and clear, and I think we have all our guest stars. They're all the the Twitter doctors who came out and told me <laughs> all of the ailments, point out all the ailments that Yuri Hoodler must have had. Right. Um, all things that. I mean. If, it actually was that they would have figured it out because those were all the obvious things that it could have been. Exactly. And so like that was my first guess was mono. And then I'm like, wait a minute. If it was mono, they would have figured it out because that literally would have been the first thing that tested for. Yeah. I think the Yuri Hoodler house episode, I think it starts, it's, it actually works really well as a house episode. It starts with he's sick and then, oh, it's not that bad. He plays a couple games and then it's bad again and he plays a couple games and then it, starts to spiral out of control, and then uh, there's, uh, who, who plays, who plays, do we actually have House, do we actually have, a, uh, who's the actor who plays House? I'm drawing, why am I drawing a blank? Yeah, yeah. do we actually have you, Laurie, in this episode, or do we have, like, Lindy Ruff play, like, the doctor? Like, is Lindy Ruff solving his illness? I don't know. <laughs> You're the one that threw out the idea, so I'm just trying to help. I'm no, trying. Like was th- no, Lindy Ruff has nothing to do with this. It's literally just putting Yuri Hoodler into an episode of House, and then Lindy Ruff is the concerned parent who gets mad at House and tries to strangle him because he said something mean about his mother or something like that. This may have been the, this. This would be a pretty good episode. I, I'd like homework, Ryan. For your homework, I'd like you to write this script for me. <laughs> I'll do it after finals week. I'll get back to you in a couple of weeks. You're. I can't wait to actually find, and we'll probably never find out what Yuri Hoodler actually has, just because we keep hearing mystery and viral, and he himself doesn't know what it is. So you have a lot of creative, uh, you lot of you have a lot of creative rights here to figure it out to in, in the writing of your script here. That's true. I can just make something up, and nobody would ever know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you could just share it on Facebook because then it becomes a news story, right? <laughs> that's that's apparently all it takes to become news now is posting it on the internet. 
is, which is sad. Anywho, things that aren't as sad. A um, couple clerical prospect news things. The uh, World Junior uh, tr- uh, camp rosters are starting to come out. And for the Stars, so far there's three guys who are going to, uh, at least on the camps for their, for their respective countries for World Junior, um, Marcus Russo with Finland, one of the three goalies selected, who he's starting to look like an made, and goalies are obviously a crapshoot, but he's starting to look like a nice uh, project pick for the Stars in 2015. Um, Frederick Karlstrom is on Sweden's roster. He's had a nice year over there, and then uh, Denis Kirianov is on the roster for uh, Russia's uh, World Junior team as well. So, Stars fans could have a you could have a could have a bit to watch actually during World Junior as opposed to just tuning in for the uh, United States Canada game on uh, on, uh, on on New Year's Eve. Yeah, that one. Um, Marcus Russo will definitely, I think, be someone that Stars fans will want to check out, considering the state of goaltending in the Stars organization in North America. Had a pretty. I mean, granted, it's four games, but he's had a pretty good year in Finland, all things considered. Yeah, he's been, he's bounced back and forth between the uh, Mestis is their lower level league, and he's played there. Um, and he's been on an okay team there. Uh, he's when he's gotten the call up to their top league, he's been pretty good. He's got a above nine hundred save percentage, below two goals against average, done everything he's asked of him, and he's in a. Uh, he's only nineteen, so he's obviously three, four years from being a legitimate NHL option, but a guy who I think is could be a uh, could be something to something nice to build on and something to watch. Um, we'll, we'll see what he does. Um, and knowing how some Finland guys develop too, it wouldn't be surprising to see if it's three or four years so he's even in North America, period. Yeah. Because when did Re, Re, like Pecorine, for example, I don't think he made his NHL debut until he was like 27 or 28. It was. I know Niemi uh, was in the same boat. I don't think he started. Well, how old is he now? He's thirty-one. And yeah. He came. Yeah, I guess he was twenty-five. Well, Anti Niemi is. Let's see. He. What's his? I believe he's thirty-one. Let's see. Um, born in nineteen eighty-three. My math is terrible. Um, oh, so he'd be thirty-two or thirty-three. Yeah, he's. Uh, Antinami and Kari Lenton are both the same age, um, and they are both, I know this, they're both 33. So Okay, so yeah, Niemi didn't debut with Chicago until he was 26 or 27, depending on what you know, yeah. his birthday is. So, I mean, I feel like Finland guys, mm-hmm. early, not necessarily late bloomers, but they come over a little later because... Mm-hmm. They're playing in Finland, and then you obviously have them down in the AHL for a little bit to develop to the yeah. North American game. Yeah, and Rene and Rene Pekka Rene is thirty four, and he was a uh, he came he didn't play his first NHL season until two thousand six two thousand seven. So he was about twenty four twenty five when he came over and became a full time NHL goalie. It's I mean it, it goes into a bit of the um, believe it or not the Kari Lettinen actually is the has played the second most games of any goalie in NHL history from Finland. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. He's uh and I'm, I'm sure if I if I give you one guess you should be you'd be able to guess who was who, who has the most. Kiprasov. Correct. 
So it's because Kari came over, and he obviously was the uh, he was wasn't the norm. Wait, didn't he? Yeah, he was drafted in uh, 2002 by the Atlanta Thrashers, and I believe he made his Thrashers debut in 2003 and during the 2003-2004 season. So he was over in North America within two years, and he went through. Uh, he didn't go through that same route that a bunch of other, uh, a lot of other Finnish goalies go, and that's why he's played so many games in the NHL compared to other goalies from Finland. Uh, it's uh, it, it, it's going circling back to Rusa, who we were talking about in the first place. It's a long-term project that I'd like that is something to keep an eye on um, because obviously the kid's got some good tools and some good potential and uh, should be, uh, if, if you have a chance, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll be on the NHL Network this year if you have NHL Network or if, you're, uh, if you have a chance to watch those games, definitely tune in to watch Finland play because... Uh, I, th- I think he's got some good potential for this for the stars. And if we're being honest, him being a sixth round pick doesn't necessarily detract from what he could be at all. Because obviously, we know the success that the stars have had with late round picks. And then, if you want to talk about two other Finnish guys, Kiprasov was a fifth round pick when he was drafted, and Rene was an eighth round pick. So, and they don't even have an eighth. Just because he, si- he was a sixth round pick doesn't necessarily mean he's a guy who they just took to take. So yeah, and they don't even have eight. eight, and eight there's no longer eight rounds anymore. Right, exactly. So it's so. And Karlstrom's another guy. He'll be playing with Sweden, um, and I think we, we and he's a guy who's having a pretty good year in the uh, in Sweden with uh, AIK over in Sweden. He's got 17 points in 23 games over there. He's turning into. He was a third round pick in this past draft. Uh, he was a guy who I think may have gone a little bit higher than expected, but isn't looking like a bad pick. Um, and then obviously Gurionov, we've talked about before, who is uh, could be on the Russian team uh, if if he makes it at camp. Who was I, I saw a play live two weeks ago and watched him quite a bit with the Texas Stars now, and he can just ASAP. He can absolutely fly. He's uh, his skating ability is fantastic. I'm really interested to see how he does in this tournament because he got left. He got sent home late last year. Yeah, that only in pre-tournament. Yeah, he got that five-minute major slashing. That five-minute slashing major in the pre-tournament game that uh, they they used to cut as the it was one of the late late cuts from it. Um, it'll be it'll also be interesting to kind of see Guryanov against his own uh, peer group too, because I think mm-hmm. I think that'll show that that'll show us a lot. Um, I remember to uh, two years ago when Honka played Julius Honka played in the World Junior Tournament after. Being in the AHL, he was a guy who looked confident. He looked a little bit better. He looked uh, against his own peer group. And uh, this tournament is a really nice job. Is a really nice chance for us to kind of watch guys against other prospects, other other guys of their level, and see how their progress is going. And I, I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a good uh, example for how smart of a decision it was to have Garyanov come over to the AHL this season. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. So, getting to uh, kind of the uh, touching on, well, bringing up last week and just touching on it briefly, and then we'll expand on to another point. I promise. Um, we talked at this at this point last week. We talked. We had retorted the podcast the Monday before uh, they played. The Stars played the first game of the uh, of the road trip, and I had we had mentioned how. 
Jamie, like I had mentioned, I think my direct quote was, Jamie, watch Jamie Lexick have a great game tonight, and then he'll have a bad game the next night, and we'll still have no answers. Well, Jamie Lexick actually played a couple nice games, uh, but was now out of the lineup in the last game. Uh, they, the Stars, obviously, and we even included a game where the Stars used seven defensemen, which was kind of an interesting experiment that was didn't work as badly as I thought it could have, but was still... Obviously, it was still that 6-2 loss to Pittsburgh. We may have, for at least tomorrow, the Stars are going to play Cal- the Calgary Flames tomorrow night, who absolutely destroyed Anaheim last night, 8-3. to uh, We may know, We I at least feel confident knowing who the defense will be going into a game tomorrow night. I don't can't say I'll be confident if that'll be the same defense in the game later this week, <laughs> but that's, I don't know what to think right now, where it, it's, it's hard to believe that, I have a confidence telling you right now who the six defensemen will be tomorrow night, and that's that's such a weird feeling right now. Yes, probably not one that you've had yet this year. No, I mean we've got we've we even for a while it was they win and they stay in, and but there were still always uh, tweaks to that. Now we've got they won and. The lines look the same in practice. The lines were the same at practice today. And so you're looking at pairs that are, uh, you've got uh, Tam Hughes, uh, Dan Ham Hughes with Julius Honka. You've got uh, Jordy Ben with Stephen Johns. And you have John Klingberg with Essa Lindell, which is I've learned is the actual pronunciation of Lindell. It's actually Lindell. That is, Interesting. Yes. So, um I know I'll trip over that, and I'll say Lindell quite a bit, but I'm going to try and pro- cr- Lindell like Kindle, so that's what it, that's what it's pronounced pronounced how it's pronounced. Lindell like Kindle. Be a great like uh, marketing like tool for Essa. Like, <laughs> obviously he's not that talkative, but I think he'd be does a. He got, does he like? Does he spark? Because then it could be Kindle like Lindell. You know, like Kindle, like in the fire. Yeah, that's true. Not like, not like Jakob Kindle, uh, but like the like kindling in the fire. Oh, I'm gonna steal that Kindle like fire one for oh, when, when that bad pun happens, everyone can blame Ryan for <laughs> great success. <laughs> but so once again, Lindell Klingberg, uh, you have uh, Ben Ben with. Uh, Johns and Ham Hughes with uh, Honka, and I thought it was probably going to be your six tomorrow night. You had Nemeth and Alexiak skating as the as the bottom pair, as the uh, fourth defensive pair today, and that's a group, Brian. Where if I tell you, if I was going to tell you, you were going to play with that group for the rest of the season. Now, obviously, that's not going to be the case, but hypothetically, if that was could be your group for the rest of the season, what do you think of that group? Hypothetically, I could be okay with that. I mean, if we're talking about. Dan Hamhuis playing like we think that he should play as opposed to how he's been playing. That's not a bad pair to have. Would you say Jordy Ben and Steven Johns? Yes. I don't like I don't dislike that pair either. I think that's a solid I mean, I don't think I think like we talked about last week in a perfect world, Jordy Ben would be your seventh defenseman, but mm-hmm. this year he's been one of the consistently one of the star six best defensemen. So I can get behind that as well. And I think that Lindy is trying to make this Lindell Klingberg thing stick 
to try to help John Klingberg's game because as we've talked about before, he had he had his thing with Golagoski last year and it was really well and I think the lack of continuity has been a big part of John Klingberg's struggles this year. Okay. So trying to keep that together isn't really a bad thing. And I mean as the Lindell's played pretty well this year. So yeah, yeah, and I think I it, could be okay with that. I mean then I've obviously it's you know, you got three other guys who are sitting on the sidelines now who could potentially make that better. But, you know, mm-hmm. if, we're, if we're sitting here talking about those six guys, I could be okay with that. Yeah, I can be okay with that, too. Um, the interesting thing becomes what happens now and how do the Stars approach things with uh, with, with Johnny Oduya coming back eventually. Um, he's not going to play tomorrow against Calgary, but they think he's going to be available later this week. And that starts to get us to the point where we becomes decision time for the Stars because you look at the waiver exempts, you look at who's waiver exempt on this roster. It's Stephen Johns, it's Esselindel, it's, 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 it's uh, Julius Honka. And when Oduya comes back in, you're going to have to send a guy down to the AHL. Um, now, you could... And ideally, based on current depth chart, you'd say I'd hope to see Alexiak or Nemeth go to the AHL. I don't think the Stars are going to do that because I think they're worried that they're worried about the waiver claim of losing one of the waiver claim. And I think Alexiak would get claimed now, especially based on how well he's played recently. I mean, I think some. I, th- I think I think his stock. Yeah, he's definitely improved his stock, and I think he's shown. There's now something more there. There's more there than just the raw potential. I mean, there's there. I, he's shown enough that enough. If I'm another GM, I look at him and say, "Hey, if I give this guy minutes and give him an opportunity, he's actually going to do some things." Um, oh, for sure, for sure. And so you can. Odia comes back. You probably see Hanka come out of the lineup right now. If 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 you're not going to, and we're about to talk about other roster potential moves in a second, but if you have Odia come back, you're probably going to have Honka come out and head back to the AHL because it's what you have, because it's what works for contracts. And I know people in a perfect world, you'd like to think it's based off, it's based off playing time and who's playing the best, but contract situation becomes the point where the easiest decision is to send Julius Honka to the AHL. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, how do you avoid that, <laughs> and how do you f- fix that problem? Say, say you look at Honka's play, and you say, hey, he should be in the NHL right now. He's, he's ready. He's played well, and personally, I think he has played well enough to be in the NHL. I, I, I said it last week where I think he's ready to be a third-pairing NHLer this season and be a guy who could play 16, 17 minutes a night. Now, that requires us to make a trade, which we're now going to uh, we're now going to try and make that happen in this, on this podcast since uh, Ryan, who has uh, is a self uh, described uh, trading expert in NHL <laughs> NHL NHL seventeen on the uh, is it an Xbox or PlayStation, Ryan? It's Xbox on Xbox. Okay, so self described trading expert on NHL seventeen. So for the uh, no deal. <laughs> so for. Uh, for conversation purposes, I'll play the I'll play the uh, I'll play the perspective from the stars at uh, Jim Nil, and I'm shopping defensemen around. Ryan will uh, will try and 
Ryan will be other GMs, general managers. Um, I have no, this was not pre-scripted. I have no idea what, where this is going to go. So this could be, this could be entertaining. This could lose a lot of listeners. We'll find out. <laughs> Either way. I'll do, I'll do my best to avoid my Brian Burke impersonation and demand 15 first round picks for anyone. Well, you're not getting any, you're not getting 15 first round picks. <laughs> plus, plus, stars aren't going to trade for aren't going to trade for a guy, a defenseman who has had problems with speed when the stars are trying to play speed. I don't know why they would trade for a defenseman now, period. Exactly. It's completely defeating the purpose. Yes. All right. So as I said, I will play the point of the stars. And I think the simplest way to look at this and the the player, the stars put on the market. And I mentioned this actually in my mailbag last week is uh, Johnny O'Dea ends up on the trade market. And I don't know. And I don't know if there's a – and I don't think this is an option where the Stars go out to other teams and intentionally – I think what the Stars do is they put him on the market and then they allow the market to come to them. And that's how we'll start this. So I'm the Dallas Stars. I'm putting Johnny O'Dea on the trade market. And now the phone line's open. Who am I supposed to be first? That's up to you. Am I like – Am I just offering like a random package, or am I pretending to be well, what, what, someone? I don't do a voice or anything like that. You're a terrible voice actor. Well, uh, no, I'm not. I do great voices, but I don't know any GM voices to actually be able to do a good GM voice. Make me an offer for Johnny Oduya. Okay, all right. We'll we'll first. I'll start as and pretend that I'm Colorado. Okay. Because. If I'm Colorado, I just lost arguably my second best defenseman, highest paid defenseman for six to eight weeks. Uh, my thanks, top thanks to Tyler Sagan. Two, thanks, as we just discussed, thanks to Tyler Sagan. Um, my top two defensemen are a guy who's older than dirt and a guy who. I spent all offseason trying to trade because for some dumbass reason, I don't think that the production he provides is enough, a.k.a. a la Tyson Berry. Mm-hmm. Who has had Tyson Berry, Tyson Berry has had some, has, is, is not a bad player, but he's had some bad games against Dallas this year. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're looking, if you're Colorado, you're looking, you have six guys on your, or six defensemen on your NHL roster right now, so you're looking to be calling up a guy, which I imagine would probably be Duncan Siemens or Cody Goldbeth? I would, th- I would think really... it, I would think it's Goldbeth, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean those aren't really attractive options. I mean, the one problem with Colorado is you're also last in the West right now. Mm-hmm. So are you really trying to? I guess it depends if Colorado's trying to salvage this year, or if they're just going to look at it and say, you know what, screw it, we're going to rebuild it. Because if I'm going with that route, then I'm just going to say, you know what, whatever, we're just going to take our lumps, and then that's that. True. So maybe I shouldn't start as Colorado. I feel like, in this regard, Colorado would be a logical trade partner because there's a need there. Mm-hmm. But unless they're trading for a guy like Jamie Alexiak or Patrick Nemeth or Julius Honka, which I'm not saying that they, Julius Honka should even come up in this conversation at all unless you're talking about getting someone like Miko Rantanen or Mm -hmm. someone of the like. I don't know that Colorado, now that I actually look at it, I don't think Colorado's necessarily a fit. Mm -hmm. So let's move elsewhere. 
Who can I be? Um, I'll be. Can I be Chicago? Yeah, go ahead. I don't know if there's, but see, with Chicago, I mean, they're literally at the salary cap. So unless, I mean, Dallas can theoretically retain half of Johnny Oduya's salary for this, mm-hmm. and it's not going to matter because it's going to come off the books after this year anyway. Mm-hmm. He is a UFA at the end of the season, which is why he becomes the easy trade. Uh, exactly. Trade target. Um, but if I'm Chicago, I mean, your top four is obviously pretty good. But then after that, you have Michael Roseval, who's older than Francois Beauchemin, who's we just I just defined as older than dirt. Then I mean, you have Trevor Van Riemsdyk and two guys on entry level contracts, and that means Chicago's still leading the Central Division. But their last ten, they've kind of struggled a little bit. St. Louis has made up some ground on them, and that could be a fit if they can make the salaries work. I mean, hold on. Let me pull up Dallas's page real quick. Clearly, I didn't do my homework for this because Not at all. I, had no idea, I, I had no idea how we were doing this until two hours ago. And I'm like, oh, shite. Clearly, clearly you had no idea. I expect much better, I, I expect much better work on the Yuri Hoodler uh, house episode. Buddy, I have three final, three anatomy tests in the next week. My life is all kinds of messed up right now. I think I, I I don't need it. I don't need it for next week. I just I, <laughs> no, I, I need whatever. I, I need up. I need it at some point so we can pr- present it as a radio drama. <laughs> okay. So if you're talking about retaining half of Johnny Oduya's salary, that's 1.6 million in salary. Well, I mean, not necessarily prorated, but there's that. Mm-hmm. Um. Who am I going to offer you if I'm Chicago? I don't want to offer you a roster player because that would kind of be defeating the point. Um, I mean, if I'm Chicago, I'm going to come at you and I'm going to say I'll give you a third conditional second-round pick depending on how many games Johnny Oduya plays the rest of this year and in the playoffs. So third third-round pick that becomes a conditional second? Depending on how many games he plays, let's say how many games are left in the season. There's 50 some odd games. So saying he plays 50 games the rest of the season and then at least 50% of all Stanley Cup playoff games. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, that's your move, Jim. <laughs> well, if you're. Stars, if you take a look at an offer like that, it becomes you're, you look at it and you break it down as you're getting something for theoretically nothing. Because I believe that Johnny Oduya will not re-sign with the Stars next year. I believe that the Stars will move on to a, move on from him at next point at uh, in the next off season when he's an unrestricted free agent. Let's phrase it this way: I don't think they're even going to try to re-sign him. I don't think so at all. It's. I think. I think they're. You're looking at it as a, as a guy who, it's time to move on from him in the defense. It was. In, he was a nice. He came in and he was a nice. Uh, he was a nice signing when he came in and it worked out well. Um, but he's now 35 and this defense doesn't need to have. Uh, it doesn't need to have another. It doesn't need to have a 36 year old when you're trying to build around. 
a 24 or 25 year old when, when the rest of your defense is a decade younger. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's, if you're looking at a third, at a conditional third round pick and that becomes a second, if you're the stars, I think it's not a bad deal. I think you go through and I think you try and you, you don't, I don't think, I think the stars counter to an offer like that becomes, becomes you, you try and see if you can land a, uh, not a top tier prospect, but maybe a middle, maybe, maybe a project prospect, maybe somebody you've seen that you've scouted, um, somebody that is a, somebody who has potential that, that you think is worth taking a, a flyer on, and then you try and, then you try and get that into the deal. And then, and then you kind of let, let the rest of the market kind of determine itself where, so I'll let, so where, where would you go next then, Ryan? If you were another team who was going to come to the table, um, what, what else, what else would you, would you see? I mean, if we're being completely honest, no matter what team I am, I think that would be my initial offer is probably a third round pick, mm-hmm. not necessarily the conditional second part, but I'd start with a third round pick because if I'm looking at Dallas, I'm looking at them and saying, okay, maybe they're dealing from a position of strength, but it's also kind of a, they're also kind of in a detrimental position where they're kind of harming themselves and they're trying to solve what has become a problem. So I'm not necessarily going to come in there and say, oh, hey, I see that you have a problem. Let me help and solve, let me help try and solve it for you. Unless I'm so desperate for defensive help that I need a defenseman. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would come in with my initial offer being anything better than a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. It's, I think that's kind of the mark you're looking at. And uh, I guess this exercise kind of set that, <laughs> set that market <laughs> as, well, as what we expected it to be when we came into this. Um, I think the other thing, I think if you take a look at, and we mentioned two teams within the division, which I think doesn't make it very likely. Um, so if you take a look at teams that are out, outside of the division. You look at teams that may, that could use a, that have cap space and could use a boost. Um, I look at a team like, uh, I look at a team like New Jersey, who actually, Another team Oduya played for in the past, who you could, who you could see would possibly interested. Where Oduya has already has an old defense, but they're playing, they're playing at a higher level than they were expected. And it's their defense consists of Andy Green, Ben Lovejoy, John Moore, Kyle Quincy, John Merrill, Damon Severs, Damon Severson, and uh, Johan. Uh, I cannot pronounce Ayatuo, the young. 27 year old guy. Uh, either way, if I'm if I'm New Jersey, I look at that. I look at Oduya as a big upgrade to that defense, and as someone who could come in and say, "I'll give you that. I'll give you that third round. I'll give you that third round pick, and maybe throw in a, maybe throw in a prospect." Um, oh, there you go. That would be a good one. Uh, that's one option I look at, and because that's a team that's playing better than they expected to be this year, and they also have. New Jersey's looking. I'm looking at cap friendly right now. New Jersey has two third round picks in 2018. They've got they got one in 2017. They've got two second round picks in 2017. If they wanted to try and make a uh, if they wanted to really push for a deal and, and raise the, the ante on the on the price, um, another team that you look at that could be a where they could get. You could help help them as a team who's playing better than expected. Is Toronto too? If you look at the Eastern Obviously, Conference, Toronto was one of the teams that I had pulled up. 
where it'd be a good fit for them to kind of mentor their young defense. And you have a, uh, and they're and they're already missing. Uh, they're missing Robita, who's thirty nine already, I think, and he's he's out yep. for quite a while. Um, he's a guy who could come in there, and that's now that's. I'm not sure, and it, and it and, and Odilia would bring the contract that Toronto would potentially be interested in because it would be uh, it would be that simple, it, w- it would be that simple one year and done thing, and wouldn't uh, and it wouldn't and it wouldn't get in the way of the Shanna plan or whatever they're calling it. <laughs> right, that's true. So it, it would be it would be a good uh, a good setup for them. Um, sticking in the Eastern Conference, let's see what other teams could potentially. Columbus already has enough on defense. I don't think they're. I don't think they're. I think. I think they're fine where they are. I think Boston is a team too that might come calling if you say we might trade Johnny Oduya. I mean, because you have is 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 uh, John Michael Lyles hurt still? Yes, he's on IR right now. Okay, so you have they already have Chara, who's old. They've got. That's true. They do have a. I mean, they've they've. Well, already, I mean, other than Char, I mean, the rest of their D's all on thirty or, well, not Lyles, but all their current active D. Tory Krug, Kevin Millar, uh, Joe Miller, Joe Joe Morrow, former Stars prospect. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could I could see that. So I mean, I think there's options there, and I certainly think there's a suitor for Oduya. I think, I think the one thing you're going to see with Oduya if he gets traded is. Uh, he does have a uh, modified no trade clause, and so he can uh, he can list it's it's actually a pretty generous. He can list seventeen seventeen teams he can be traded to. Uh, that's what his tr- no trade clause is, uh, and so there's a lot of flexibility there because I would imagine if he went to Oduya and said, "Hey, we're going to trade you. What's your list?" He's probably going to give you the seventeen teams that have the best chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think he's not going to list. Uh, there's there's no. There's not going to be uh, there's not going to be any crappy teams on that list, so I think I think you're going to have some opportunities there. I think it's a possibility, um, but I think as this exercise, which kind of shows you look you're looking at Oduya becomes the return is if demand is high, you're looking at second round pick maybe and maybe a prospect, but in general, I think you're probably looking at third round pick, third round pick, maybe with some conditions, um, that becomes your return for, return for that guy. And then, and then we met, and then it becomes, it becomes almost addition by subtraction for the stars where all of a sudden you no longer have nine defensemen to worry about. You can commit to building your core as you want, going full lefty righty with Klingberg, Johns, Honka, and then you're basically you're basically deciding that okay, we're going to. The only competition becomes, can either Nemeth or Alexiak oust uh, Jordy Ben on, on on the defense pairs. Well, here's the thing with Boston too, they only have three picks in the first five rounds. However, they do have something in their minor league system that I think would be rather attractive to Dallas right now. Oh yes. He's the younger brother of one Nashville Predators defenseman who has had a little bit of a 
difficult year in the AHL right now who might not exactly have the highest stock as he did when he was drafted in 2012. Malcolm Subban. Yes, sir. That's That would be an interesting... Uh... And he's no, a, I don't know that there would necessarily be a straight up type thing. There's probably would probably be a couple of moving parts in that. Yeah. But granted, he hasn't played as many games. But Zane McIntyre has been infinitely more impressive in the AHL this year than he has, and he's only like a year and a half older. So I mean, mm-hmm. would potentially be a good buy low candidate if Dallas chose to go that route. I think I think that would work well. Um, you also have, uh, from the Dallas side of things, and we're talking about moving parts and who guys might be thrown in. I think one guy that we, I should mention that if the Stars are looking to make a deal and a guy who might be the throw-in to kind of make a trade work, I think it's Matthias Backman. If you're looking from the age, of, if you're looking at a guy the Stars might throw in to make a deal work, um, and this is obviously if you're trying to make if some, land something bigger as you go to the deadlines, is Matthias Backman's a guy who... In most NHL organizations, he'd probably be the next call-up, but the Stars obviously have such a logjam. He's a guy who they was the bigger deal, bigger deal when they uh, when they made the Eric Cole trade. He was the initial target when they also got Yanmark as well, and he's a guy who has talked about going back to Europe in the past and could be looking for a fresh start as well, just because of the numbers game and. I think that could be a name that the stars float out there as an add-on to any trade that, hey, if, say, it's Oduya, here's Oduya and Backman for X, Y, and Z. That's a good point. That would certainly, a nice little pot sweetener. Yeah, because, I mean, you could almost look at, say say we're talking about Boston, you could you could make the trade for, you could trade uh, Oduya, say you're making a trade with uh, Boston, you could trade Oduya, and Backman for a pick and a prospect where the pick, you're looking at from Star's perspective as the pick comes back in return for Oduya, you're getting something for nothing. And the uh, and, and then you could get a guy who needs a fresh start in uh, in, uh, in in Malcolm Subban in a, in a prospect for a guy who's possibly looking for a fresh start just because of what the numbers have done to him in, in Dallas. And Boston, believe me, they have a 39-year-old defenseman as their captain, it wouldn't. They would definitely wouldn't hurt them to load up on some more defensemen in their system. That's true. So, well, you know what? We'll call that the trade that we're going to make right now. The uh, so we're going to trade uh, Johnny Oduya and Matthias Backman to Boston for uh, for how many picks does Boston have? Let's make this. Uh, they only have. I don't see. I don't know that Boston would throw in a pick. They got a first, the second, a fourth, the sixth, and two sevenths. And the second's not even theirs. It's Edmonton's. Well. So I feel like I feel like they wouldn't give you a pick with that. You don't think you'd get the fourth? I think you'd get the. Fourth. I don't think you'd get the fourth. I don't think I don't think they would go three straight rounds without drafting. It's true. I don't think you. I don't think you throw back I mean, in then. Then 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 you look at it as possibly trading Oduya just for Subban. But I don't know. I doubt. See, I doubt that yeah. they would do that. There's quite, yeah. There's quite a bit there too. I don't know. See, that's this is this is why we are just uh, playing this as armchair GMs and aren't actually uh, don't actually have yeah. to do this for a living. Um, See, I mean, my initial offer would be, I mean, if I was shopping Johnny Oduya, it would I would come and say, hey, I'll give you Oduya for, I'll give you Oduya in a fifth, so you can have a fifth round pick for Malcolm Subban, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Boston would come back with that because I don't know if I'm Boston, I don't think I'd take that trade. Yeah. 
And I think I'd eventually, my they'd counter, and then I'd counter with, okay, well, what if I take out the fifth and I give you Matthias Backman instead? What do you think about that? And I see that's something, even if it's Odui and Backman for Malcolm Subban, I don't know that. I mean, I don't know what Boston's doing because they traded Dougie Hamilton for basically nothing. So I don't, but I mean, that's not something that I know that they'd even do that trade, but I yeah. clearly am continuously proven every day that people do weird things in this world that I don't understand. So who knows? Well, it would be- I think that'd be a logical, if we're, t- if we're talking about Johnny Oduya and Malcolm Subban being the main pieces of a trade, I think that's a potential logical fit Yeah, for sure. Well, it could possibly work out. Especially well, since Boston is not as in bad of a salary cap shape as they used to. I think I like as they usually three are. and a half million in cap space, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four and a half million. Well, with that, everyone uh, let us know what your possible trades would be. Um, obviously, we can have a lot of fun with this. We have to cut it short today. I've got to, uh, other life errands to go run. <laughs> um, but... Essentially, you I, I think as things go, things go, we're gonna see a trade on the defense for the stars. Um, my gut says it's Oduya. Um, we'll just see how soon it happens and kind of what the market determines. For sure, it'll be interesting to see, and hopefully, we'll see it sooner rather than later. Yep. Well, everyone have a good week, and uh, thanks again for listening. <laughs>